which is known as Laskil Chabina, to enlighten you with understanding. We are learning about the idea of enlightenment. And we are explaining that this is something that we're learning, that not only we have to learn it, superficially, not only that we have to learn it, but we have to comprehend it in a way that it takes us over, that it animates our being, it animates our consciousness. Because when you learn something superficially, then it's, it's vicariously, then what you learn has no interaction with your brain, has no interaction with your mind. You merely scratch the surface, it, it, it just passes you by. But if you fully comprehend something, if you fully interact with something, if you fully meditate on something, then you and the thing that you're learning could become one. And the beginning of enlightenment that the Balatanya is talking about over here is the beginning is that ultimately speaking a person's purpose in this world. A person's whole entire purpose in this world is that there should be v'shechanti besoicha. The Shekhinah should dwell in the Jewish people. God should dwell in the Jewish person. Meaning to say, as we discussed multiple times, that the purpose of this world is to make a dwelling place for God down here in a world that covers up his existence. It's a lowly world. It's a world down here where everything else seems more important. This, explains the Balatanya, is the beginning of enlightenment. For a person to be aware of what, what is his purpose in this world, and also to be aware of what that looks like. And we are explaining... that the beginning of enlightenment, what the Balatanya is really explaining over here is 
the recognition that true suffering, what is real suffering? Real suffering is the unawareness of the purpose of your life. A person thinks that his suffering comes from the fact that he's missing something in life, that he's going through a health issue, that he's anxious about something. But in fact, true suffering only comes to a person when he's not aware of his mission in this world. And that is the beginning of all suffering. Because the beginning of all suffering is the idea that a person has desires. That a person puts a tremendous security into this world, a tremendous security into this life. When this life is the most unsecure thing that there is. And a person seeks security, he seeks permanency, And the permanency that he seeks is an illusion. Because the idea that a person seeks something permanent is the trap of the ego, the trap of the Nefshah Bahamas, the trap of Chayim Basarim. Because even when a person will get one minute of fulfillment, one minute of becoming, one minute in the future of success that he's thinking about, that he's imaginary. A person has an imagination, he's going to receive one minute of success, one minute in the future. That one minute of time will only be as one minute. He might be obsessed with the minute for many years. He might never even imagine what that minute looks like, when he's going to achieve success, when he's going to... The magical moment that he's hoping for. But even that one moment is not going to be a moment that he's going to be able to hold on to. It's going to be one moment in time. And ultimately speaking, if a person is aware of this, is aware of this, then it's the beginning of enlightenment. Why is it the beginning of enlightenment? Because the purpose of this world is to make a dwelling place for God in this world. So as the Balatanya is going to go on to explain, what does that mean? What does that look like to make a dwelling place for God? We've explained this enormous, fascinating observation. We explained it in Simon Tess and Simon Yud in the Geras HaKodesh, which the Balatanya is explaining, which this really is a continuation for that, which is that in the moment of Matan Torah, there was such an awesome revelation of godliness that had that continued, everything in the world would cease to exist. So ultimate God, ultimately God wanted to do something in this world that was never done before in the sense that when God created this world and then He revealed Himself a Matan Torah, He revealed the glimmer of what it was like before the world was even created. Which in the face of that, in the face of that revelation, 
It's something our mind can't grasp. But in the face of that revelation, everything ceases to be. There could be no ego, there could be no, there could be no object, there could be nothing in front of God, because God is the energy of everything. God is the unknown. God is something we cannot comprehend. But during Matan Torah, the whole entire world screamed, Einoid Movadi. The whole entire world lost its sense of being, its sense of self, and instantly saw that everything was really God. So what did Hashem do? He created a world. And when He created a world, Oilam, Oilam means world. Oilam Elashen Helem. World means concealment. The whole entire world is really God. But it's one big concealment. It's Hastara Betoich Hastara. It's a hidden, and it's even more deeply hidden. There's the hiddenness from the world, and then there's the, my mind that's constantly trapping me and t- constantly taking me away from the real truth of life. And my mind over here means my eyes and my heart, the externality of life, what we explained multiple times, the costume of life, the cover-up of life. And a whole entire life, a person is preoccupied with the peel of the apple, running around the whole entire day for something so superficial. The illusion of this world, the logo of the world, the ego of it, the 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 of it, the idol of it, the vanity of it, the vanity, the outside, the furniture. You look at furniture; it's a vanity. Vanity. You look in the dictionary; means two things. Vanity means that it's empty. What's inside your furniture? Nothing, dear. What could it do for you? But we're attached to the furniture. Every type of furniture. We're attached to our cars. We're attached to our homes. We're attached to all these different types of vanities. But a vanity means that it's a vanity, it's a nothing. It has absolutely nothing, no meaning, it's not going to give you anything. But of course the structure of life is to be totally preoccupied with the externality of everything. You are led astray, you are, led, you are tempted by your eyes, which means the eyes, the external eyes, the, the, the sights, the visualizations doesn't mean really your eyes. It means the visual, the visual that you have. The sensory, the sensuous visualization that you have in front of your eyes. And you're tempted by that. And levavcha means the, 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 the one moment of the sensuous pleasure. It doesn't mean your heart. It means the outside of your heart. And you're led astray by that your whole entire life. And you create this taste. You have a taste of something and then you want that taste again. And your mind fascinates about it and holds on to it and thinks about it. And the whole entire world, the person is tremendously preoccupied with the externality of life, with everything that he sees in front of him. And this becomes his whole entire life. But all of that is a glove. Life, oilam, world, the world, the world that you're inhabiting, the world that you're, you're watching, the world that you're obsessing over. That is all, it's all, it's all a glove. It's covering up the essence and the energy of God. Every single moment the world has been created. Something, there's something that you see over in front of you. Every moment it's being created from nothing. And nothing doesn't only mean no thing. It doesn't only mean 
something that's coming out of nothingness. But it means incomprehensible. It's coming from God Himself. God is creating the world from His knowledge, which is incomprehensible, from His awesome wisdom, which is incomprehensible from that moment. That moment that you're looking at the world right now, Hashem is creating the world, something from nothing, from His wisdom. And why is He doing all that? Because He wants to create a possibility of Yishkin Oed Hashem, and you won't expire in that process. What does that look like? That is so magical. Do you see a person, the metaphor, everything in life is really a metaphor. We get married, husband and wife, is all one big metaphor. I'm the husband, I'm the wife. You're the husband, you're the wife. What is the idea of it? The idea is, you experience a moment of unity by a chuppah where you go to a space Beyond time and space, where you become one, the intensity of the moment is so strong. But can you live in your moment of your chuppah? You can't live in that space. Because that space is like the space of what the world looked like before the beginning of the world, or that's the space of what happened by Matan Torah. That's the space of discovering your true identity. It's the space that you're going to discover when you die. So the moment of the person's chuppah is the death of his previous life and he's being reborn into a new consciousness. But you can't hold on to that moment. But the purpose of life is to integrate that moment into every day of my life. But how do most people live their whole life? Their spouse is boring and old. They're looking for something forbidden, something brand new. Forbidden fruit is sweeter. They're looking for something that's going to be new. When all they ever have is now. And now is brand new. Now means new. The translation of the word now means new. Every moment is new. But how could you experience the now? How could you experience new? If, if you know this already. If it's boring to you. So the beauty of marriage, the ability of marriage is to be able to make every moment new. And the mere knowledge that this moment is not new makes it new. The mere recognition that you're not living with the now, that you're not living with your spouse. The mere knowledge of this will allow you to look at your spouse and see that you never saw them before. Because how could you have seen them before? You never lived this moment yet. This moment is brand new. You want something permanent? Permanent is death. Permanency is old. Permanency means that you're trapped in your mind. Permanency means that you're not here. Permanency means that you're living with the superficial. The superficial is not alive. The superficial, the superficial is a portway, it's a gateway, it's a portal. It's an opening to the life that's underneath the person. So at your chuppah you discover you're one with a person, one that's unconditioned, unattached. One with a person that you would give your life for that person. That you and that person are one, you're inseparable. But that tense moment is a moment of such quality, of such profound enlightenment, of such profound revelation. That the mind can't grasp it. It's incomprehensible, the moment of the chuppah. The whole entire chuppah's design. The whole entire chuppah means that it's above, it's covering. The Kabbalists say chuppah means that it's beyond the mind. Chuppah means covering. We go into a, what are we doing over here? Because it's beyond, chuppah means to cover up. To, it's, it's, it's beyond my, my comprehension. 
but we create a tremendous container to hold that energy. But then the goal of life is to live with your spouse, to pierce that veil of monotonous, to pierce the veil of, of, of everything being regular and see the newness in, the, in that moment. But this marriage itself that I have with my spouse, even that is a metaphor. Because ultimately speaking, if God would be remain revealed in this world, I would never be able to hold him without expiring. So Hashem gave you and your spouse a life to show you what he really wants with you and your spouse is to marry you and your spouse. God is the, is the, is the chasen, and he's the soul of everything, and you are the kala. You and your spouse are the kala. And the goal in life is for body and soul to unite. Marriage is a body of soul. You and your spouse are really like the body. Even though you both have souls and even though you both have bodies, but you and your spouse together as one unit is body and soul, but it is the body of God, so to speak. And the soul of that body is Adam Elyon, is the Elyon, is known as the Ebishter. And the goal of life is, is that's Yishkun Hashem, that's the Oyer of Hashem, is God. And the goal of life is that your body, you and your spouse together, or you individually, and your spouse individually, but both of you collectively, to discover God in your life. And that is known as Yishkun Hashem. And not to just say, thank you Hashem, or come to Davin superficially, but to know Him for real, to, to really see God before your eyes. Less asar There is no place devoid of Him. But if you would see that with your eyes, you would expire, you would cease to be. So you have to make it real. So you see in your marriage, you make every moment new. You recognize that you don't know your spouse. You recognize that in the moments when your spouse is belittling you is truly a time to put yourself away and to fully understand them where they're coming from. And at that moment is true unity. That moment is a reenactment of your chuppah. That moment is even more unconditional than every moment that's pleasant. Because a moment that's pleasant, maybe I'm still trying to get something for my spouse. But the moment that I can discover you for you means the moment that I discover we get rid of the traps, we get rid of the illusions of me and you separate. But me and you is one. Not because you complete me and I'm selfish, but because I know you, because I put myself away. Because I, my, you diminish my ego by humiliating me, by criticizing me, and I let that be. And now I go to discover you. And that's unity, that's oneness. It's not a oneness with a goal. It's a oneness that's really truly discovered because that's the purpose of the chuppah, to live like that. So do we experience true unity only when there's peace and harmony? Or do we also true, truly experience unity when I can put myself away and fully love you unconditionally? So the diminishment of my ego is a beginning of a way that I can know you. And fully understand you and put myself in there and say, what were you really thinking when you gave me that criticism? The question is just a slightly different question when I get the criticism. The ego is, how dare you say that? And this Yishkanoi Hashem question is, 
Wow, what you must be going through that you just said that. Same, same exact question. One is coming from a godly eye, one coming from a place where my ego diminished, which allowed my soul to come out, which allowed me to feel you, to penetrate you, it allowed me to see that we're one. Allowed me to put myself away so I shouldn't be levadoi. Loitoiva adam levadoi. It's not good for man to be alone. For us to become one means that I'm not alone. But one doesn't mean that you build me, what you could do for me. So it's precisely in the moments of criticism. It's precisely in the moments of non-peace. Where I discover if I'm really pure, if I'm really wholesome, if I'm really alive. If I discover if I'm really married or not. Married means that I'm unattached to results. Married means that I married you when you were one soul. Am I deeply rooted in my ego? Which means that you still, I married you still so you could complete me? Or I married you so I could know you, so I could actually know another person. So I could go out of myself and know another person. To be able to put myself away to fully see you. We're in two different bodies, but that's the beauty of marriage. If we wouldn't be in the same body, we'd be Siamese twins, we'd be one, just like Adam and Chava were before they were cut in half, before the surgery. Because God didn't want them to be alone. If you're part of me, if you're just completing me, then I'm alone. So the beauty of marriage is for me to know you. But if we have a superficial life and we're kind to each other every single moment of life, because that's what we, because that's, that's the way it is, and, and because we're best of friends, like two friends in school? Is that life? Is that, is, that, is that the depth of life? Or does the core of life come out when we're challenged? And we're still, the diminishment of my ego, so I can truly understand you. And this is all a metaphor between God and the Jewish people. So says the Balatanya, in the moments of pain, you ask, where is God? And that's the beginning of enlightenment. That's the beginning of God coming into that place. It's a wake-up call from pain. There's no place that's devoid of God. You're experiencing pain, and now you just ask yourself, where is God? And you instantly discover God. So it's actually in the moments of the diminishment of the ego, the diminishment of the body, the diminishment of my security and my permanency, that allows me to ask where is God, that allows me to discover God for God, not for me. That allows me to discover my true identity, allows me to appreciate the now, what I have right now. The ultimate bliss which is now. So it's the temporary structures that a person has, that get shaken up. The permanency, the illusion of permanency that a person's mind wants to create, which is part of the trap of this world which allows him to realize that at this moment now, the biggest miracle of creation is happening. God is concealing himself by creating a world, something from nothing, from his incomprehensible oneness, and that is the beauty of birth and aliveness. And you must feel this with every sense fiber of your being. And if you're deeply rooted in your ego, in your mind, in the past, in the future, in some hopes and fulfillment, you'll entirely miss this boat. And how do you know it's the beginning of Yishkan and Hashem when you feel it with every fiber of your being? And when you're asking, where is God? That's the beginning of enlightenment. When you say, I am not present, I am not Yishkin Hashem, that's the beginning of Yishkin Hashem. Because you instantly thought about your purpose. So it's by realizing that you're deeply rooted in your ego, it's by realizing that you're deeply 
not present, which automatically brings you into presence. What does presence look like? You want, you want anyone to describe it to you? That's a, it's a description. The whole idea is the Rebbe is coming over here from a place of negative. I can't explain to you. It's incomprehensible. They want me to explain to you what the new looks like, the new now looks like? Do you think I can explain that to you? You have to put yourself away entirely. You have to be in just observation. You have to look and see that you have to see God in your life. You have to see thank you Hashem is a real thing. Not as just a thank you Hashem. It has to be real. And that's what the Balatanya is coming to explain over here. That it's when you're pursuing pleasures, when you're pursuing hopes, fulfillments, one moment of time, are you going to ever be aware to this? Are you ever going to be aware of the beauty of the purpose of the world? Which is the, to see the less asar parimineh, to see that there's no place to void of God, and not expire, not be in the space of your chuppah. Because in your space of your chuppah, you're not even there at all. You're in such a tense place. But to make your chuppah real in your marriage every day, and then with your marriage with God. To see godliness in your entire life. To choose the life of all the life rather than the material, materiality, the permanency, which is a, just an illusion. So the Balatanya is coming with this parak to explain that the shake-ups in life are really a beginning of enlightenment to, for a person to ask, where is God? Let's say to see that really this is the aid and the, 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 the bliss that there is in life, the bliss that there is in this moment, which you're always squandering because it's incomprehensible, is more powerful and more spectacular and more magical than even Oilam Abba, as we're going to continue to explain, even anything you can imagine. But you have to wake up to that. You have to actually look for it. You have to actually make it real in your life more important than some moment in the future. Sure.